The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world, and thank you for joining us here on The Career Thought Leaders. We are here every week to provide you with tools and resources that you need to move up, move out, take control of your career. And as we know, the world is moving more and more in the direction of you being in charge of managing your own career, knowing where you want to go, and having the ability to move there in what mostly today is a competitive job world where you're looking to move out or move up and having to make sure that you're promoting yourself almost constantly <laughs> to be able to do that. So that's why we're here is to pro- provide some of those skills that you need to be able to do that. Today being President's Day, I thought we would talk about leadership. Leadership I find often is a confusing topic for people because we tend to associate it too much with titles. Of course, if you're the president of something, perhaps you are a leader, but not necessarily, right? What what leadership means and what leadership does doesn't always go along with a title. Leadership, in my mind, simply is someone who can get others to do something doesn't mean that they even have to be your direct reports in fact a a great leader or perhaps the most challenging part of being a leader is to get others moving in a direction when they don't have a job or money on the line to be able to do that so when we think about leadership there are a few oh let's say qualities that are important in a leader and we're going to talk about some of those today and how you might work on those qualities for yourself if you are hoping to work on your leadership either where you are or if you want to move up into a leadership position. The biggest thing that people always talk about with leaders is this idea of vision. That they can create a vision and that is an important piece of leadership to be able to see where you're going obviously if you're leading it's nice if if you know where you're going for those of us who may be following you and being able really to create that vision that pulls everyone together that last part i feel like sometimes gets left out 
So we can create a great vision. It's it's maybe compelling and clear, but we didn't do a good job getting buy-in as we were creating it. Or perhaps we are doing it on purpose in terms of creating something, setting it out there, and not getting buy-in. The over-focus on getting everybody to come to consensus can obviously be a downfall in leadership, but there is some need for the leader to get those who are going to be involved in executing that plan or executing that vision engaged in creating the vision. And this is, in fact, one of the first places a lot of leaders fail is creating a vision that sounds great to you, but you didn't get anyone else's input on it or you didn't get their buy-in to it. And so it becomes a lot of hand-holding and coursing to get people to actually do something because it wasn't their idea. And no matter who we are, no matter what age we are, we are more likely to do something, have energy around it, and be successful at it if we had at least some input into deciding what gets done. So when you are thinking about yourself as a leader, that's one of the first red flags to watch out for. As you're creating a vision, you're creating a plan, whatever it might be that you want to call it within your role, how can you balance being decisive and being in charge, perhaps, if that's where your role is supposed to be, against getting that input, getting others involved, getting people's buy-in before you get to the execution stage. It will make things a lot easier. It seems like it's going to take more time up front. However, you'll find yourself spending a lot less time on the back end if people have bought in and are agreeing with and moving forward into what you want to do. So that idea of vision, definitely important and a skill set that we want to be developing. It's not natural for all of us, obviously, to be able to kind of see what's coming, put the pieces together and create that vision. And that's okay. You don't necessarily have to be able to do that in that big picture visionary way to be a great leader. Just one of the many skill sets. And of course, the idea of inspiring others, inspiring others towards that goal is great and it's important. And again, this is an area where I see people a little bit confused as to how inspiration happens. And my favorite example is a facilitator that I've worked with in the past who really thought that getting you engaged and getting you fired up about a topic would happen if they told stories. And so they talked and talked and talked. Not really that inspirational, right? What typically gets other people inspired, similar to our discussion around vision, is getting them to talk, getting their input, figuring out how their story relates to what you're saying, making it personal to them, making it emotional for them. Those are the things that really help derive inspiration, if you will. 
Now, that doesn't mean that, of course, there aren't motivational speakers who tell great stories that get you inspired, but most of the time it's because they've really thought through that story and how they tell it so that they tell it in a way that really engages you, puts you in the shoes of their main character versus just telling a story that's supposed to teach you a lesson in a very outside-of-yourself kind of way. So when we're thinking about being inspirational, remember that people typically get inspired when they're engaged and when we think we're going to talk at someone for an hour and that's going to be inspirational probably not unless we've done a lot of training in how to do that kind of speaking so being a visionary being inspirational definitely a part of leadership however not mandatory for those of you who are quieter leaders and thinking oh my gosh I'll never be able to to be that kind of a leader that's okay We'll talk about some other aspects of leadership in which you may excel more than those who are great at inspiring others and giving those motivational talks. That's definitely just part of it. Since we seem to be on a theme of double-edged sword (laughs) qualities here for leadership, let's go to the next one. Innovation. So you'll read in most articles that being able to innovate is an important characteristic for a leader. Definitely, and especially in our fast-paced world, the ability to see new solutions to new problems is important, or how old solutions can apply to new problems, because we're all facing relatively new problems new problems in terms of the technology that we're using, in terms of the way the workforce is moving. You could go on and on with the new challenges that we're seeing. And so, of course, a leader needs to be able to innovate, think in a different way, bring in new ideas. However, I've also seen leaders fail quite miserably when they can't focus. And so there needs to be that, that balance again between innovation and solving problems in a new way, being open to new doing new ways of doing things, and some kind of focus on the goals, on the mission, on whatever it is that makes sense for us to keep that focus because there's nothing worse for a group of people than following a leader who has shiny object syndrome. Always going over after the next great thing and not being that steady, in some ways, that steady push forward versus a bounce all over the place forward. Heard about some leaders, especially within companies, tend to do this even with leadership philosophies. We're going to focus in on five dysfunctions of the team, and then next year it's this strengths, and next year it's this. And those are all great things to be bringing to our team. However, as a leader, understanding how to blend them together and help our team see that what they did last year actually 
fits into what we're doing this year? How do the two tie together? How do they build on each other? Bringing in those new ideas and new thoughts around leadership itself and performance can be great. Just be careful of that shiny object syndrome or of your team perhaps feeling that way as you move from technology to technology, market to market, leadership philosophy, leadership philosophy, whatever it might be that you're you're evolving in your business for the leader to see it and get excited about it is one thing for those who are following to understand how is the next logical step or again not feel like it's just another shiny object we're going after is very important for them to keep that connection and to really see you continue to see you as a credible leader so yes be inspirational be motivational have that vision innovate and yet figure out some way to provide some kind of stability to your employees especially those technical or kind of accounting your step-by-step people really need to understand how the steps fit together versus being excited about this next great idea they just aren't going to follow you right there that's not how they see and so if you know about yourself and you know the old saying is that you tend to see the forest before the trees you tend to see the big picture first partner with someone and perhaps it may be your your CFO maybe maybe your COO type right your accounting person your administrative assistant people who typically tend to see the trees before the forest make sure that whenever you are rolling out a new program or doing something new that that person helps you craft the messaging and put the pieces together in a more comprehensive way than you might on your own. It'll be very well received by those who like that step-by-step if you do that. And the big picture people will read whatever you're doing quickly and get the big picture and be, be on board with you. So we are gonna take a short break We'll be right back and continue to talk on this President's Day about things that make you and can make you a great leader no matter where you are in your organization. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about leadership in honor of our President's Day here in the United States at least, and thinking about what makes a great leader. So we've talked about vision and that ability to set the course. Very important if you're going to be leading. And we want to make sure that when we're doing that, we're getting the buy-in of those who will have to follow in whatever way that might look like. Not necessarily beating our head against the wall to get consensus. But how do we make sure that we're at least getting some input and some buy-in along the way? Then we talked a little bit about that inspiration and being able to get others moving. You also might call that influence. How do you get others to do something you want them to do? And that this is, again, an, an opportunity for you to engage those around you, get their story connected to where you want to go. This is really important at work. People aren't inspired to do something if they can't see how their work is going to impact the end result. It's one of the things I hear over and over about millennials. Now, millennials want to see that their work is meaningful. They want to see how it's connected to the bigger picture. And I think that's true about every single person I talk to, no matter what age they are. People go and quit their job looking for meaning. And the truth is that it is in every job if our bosses especially can help us connect those dots. How do we make a difference for the company and how does that make a difference for those around us? People will talk about, you know, these corporations and the quote-unquote heartless corporation that's just out to make money. And most companies have made changes to make that not as apparent, 
But most of the time, if you're doing something that makes money, it's because you sell something that somebody needs. And connecting those dots, perhaps unless you're doing things that are illegal or very bad for everyone, connecting those dots can be very helpful for our employees in terms of inspiring or influencing them to do something. And if we use those tactics, it's usually a very genuine desire to do whatever we're going to do. And that helps us get the ball rolling, get people moving in the right direction. Then we talked about innovation. Same thing here to balance that openness to the new and able to bring the new into our companies, whether that's solutions, technology, different ways of doing things, and holding some kind of steady path for our followers to understand where we're going, how this new thing fits into the problem, and not to let them feel like we're just bouncing all over the place after that next shiny object. So those things are perhaps very big picture people easy for easier for those people. You're more outgoing, big picture people. And if you're a quieter leader, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, how can I do some of these things? Well, of course, you can still set a vision and you can influence perhaps in a different way. And you may be more apt and easier for you to get people engaged because you're focused on the one-on-one. One of the other things that a great leader does that you can do no matter what your natural personality is, is to recognize others. People always kind of say, oh, you know, they stepped on people to get where they are. They climbed over people's backs to get to the top. And most leaders don't succeed that way. I think that is a myth built up in the movies and doesn't really work. Most people succeed really because they have great relationships and because people like them. And that means that you recognize others for the work that they do, for the contributions that they make. And that really takes focus. It takes that ability to know how that person would want to be recognized. Recognizing some people in front of a whole group is not going to be is not going to demonstrate your relationship with them, right? It's going to maybe even undermine it because that's not how they like to be recognized. However, trying, even if it's in a way that doesn't necessarily meet that person's needs, is better than nothing. And finding ways to do that consistently for little things and to do it very specifically and personally. So saying thank you is easy. However, most people today just say thanks. I would kind of cut that out of your vocabulary, especially via email. Say thank you, right? That you in there is very important. Of course, using their name as appropriate. And be specific. What did they do? What was the impact that it had? Giving that very specific feedback and recognition is a lot more powerful than a generic just thanks. So the more specific we can make it, the more meaningful it will be. Setting clear expectations. So perhaps similar to setting that that vision, 
is this idea that people really want to know what is expected for them. What does success look like? How do they know? How can they get involved in being successful if they don't know? And if the bar keeps moving or the the project keeps getting changed without any communication, it's frustrating. It feels it creates that kind of learned hopelessness if I can't succeed no matter what I do because you keep changing the expectations. You keep changing the, the mark after we've already started the game. If you will, a little sports, sports reference, you keep moving the goalposts, right? So set those clear expectations for folks. And some people do this in their annual reviews, but a lot of times those goals are not... They're not everyday things. They're not ways that you can recognize people more consistently. And once a year, setting goals, things do change in the middle. And if we're not readjusting and and communicating those clear expectations as things adjust, we might not as well even do an annual review, which many companies are not doing anymore. They're doing more quarterly or real-time reviews. Those clear expectations are, are also important, especially for your younger workers. And, and perhaps, again, for those people who need more structure, but everybody likes to know what success is going to look like. What do you expect from this to be a successful job, a successful year, a successful project, whatever it might be. The last thing in this little section that kind of goes along with that is communication. We're all so busy, and it gets very difficult to make sure that we are communicating in the way that we're supposed to as frequently as we can with those around us. And for leaders, it's gonna take some prioritization. If you are a functional manager, right, you're in charge of people, these people that are your direct reports, mentoring them, developing them, having regular communication with them should be your top priority. We can get sucked into managing the project or managing the process, and that may need to be done as well. But if you have direct reports, they need to be your top priority, or at least feel like they are, because you communicate in a way that makes them feel like that. If you work on a team, even if you're not the leader, that team is your top priority, communicating to them, helping them know that you're getting your part done. Now, of course, you can overdo it in some of those things. You want to be careful about not being overly pushy or showy about your communication, but just very steady and making sure that you're responding in a timely manner and sharing updates in a timely manner. This is, like I said, difficult because of how much communication we have coming in. And we've talked before kind of about managing your email. Well, I consider 24 hours to be an appropriate response time to an email. And if you're 
you know, not working on the weekends, I think that's fine, but you need to check in with your team about that, especially if you're more of a remote team. And phone messages, kind of the same thing. People say the same day, if you can do 24 hours, that's probably acceptable as well. But making sure that we're really consistent in that communication and clear. Sometimes people can send you a communication and you think, oh, what in the heck do they mean, right? So thinking about those things, reading those things before you send them. And the last thing I'd say on communication is trying to either agree with a group of people or know what other people prefer in terms of the mode of communication. If you have someone who's always calling you and you're always emailing them back, that may not work for them. Maybe once in a while flexing to their style would be great. And hopefully, well, we can hope, but we can't do anything about it whether they'll flex to yours. You might ask people, what is their preferred? Do they prefer a phone call or an email? So that you can make that communication as good as possible for them and give them what they need. If someone likes the phone, but you want to have it backed up via email, do both. Call, leave a message, and then send them an email giving them a kind of report, if you will, of what you wanted to say. Lots of us like to have things documented via email, so that can be a great combo for you if you like to email, but the person likes that phone. And, of course, some of those things they will say are generational, but I find they're a lot more personality. Of course, your outgoing personality is more likely to pick up the phone, and your more quiet folks love that email. You're both going to have to flex a little bit to be a great communicator and a good leader. All right, we'll take one more break here, and we'll come back continue talking about leaders and what makes a great leader in today's businesses. Be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
Presented by SAP, host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant and in for recognition of President's Day today, we are talking about leadership and some of the qualities that make you a great leader, no matter who you are, where you are, or what your leadership experience might be. So, more outgoing leadership characteristics, creating that vision, inspiring towards it, and being innovative and finding new ways to do things more maybe internal or person-to-person kind of things, recognizing others, really being able to be meaningful in how you congratulate, recognize the contributions of others, clear expectations, so setting those goals, setting that goalpost, if you will, in, in a clear spot for everyone that you work with. And then communication, taking the time and effort to make sure that we are communicating with those around us as consistently as we can and in the ways that are best for them. How can we flex our communication style and mode, modality, if you will, to best fit those around us. So getting perhaps a little bit deeper here is this idea of emotional intelligence. And I like to think of of emotional intelligence in simplicity of kind of having four elements. The first being our ability, our awareness, maybe, our awareness of our own issues, (laughs) our awareness of our own emotions and the things that tip off those emotions, the things that get us fired up, the things that ruffle our feathers, if you will. The second being our ability to control that. So you have to have awareness of it and then some ability to control that reaction, to control those automated responses that we have, to notice when something's ruffling our feathers and be able to change how we act. Those are are the us part, the me part of emotional intelligence. Then we have the you part. 
So being able to recognize how you're feeling, being able to recognize the other's responses, emotions, how and maybe even anticipate those things. And then the fourth, being able to adjust to mitigate those things. So how how aware am I of the other in my conversations and what they're thinking and feeling, struggling with, and how well am I able to adapt what I'm doing or saying to better fit their needs, to better be heard, to better interact with them in general. So those four main areas of emotional intelligence, leaders have strengths in different areas. You might be great at being aware of your own stuff, but it's not until after you've said something that you go, ah, I wish I would have done that differently. Keep working on it. Go back to that person. This may seem weird, but go back to that person and, and say, you know, I apologize that our conversation went the way it went earlier. What I meant to say or what I'd like to say is, and try again. When you do that, you're reinforcing your ability to act differently in the situation next time. If you just let it go, the chances are that you won't do anything differently next time. If you have trouble being aware, so you blow up at someone and you think later, geez, I don't even know where that came from. Start recognizing patterns in that behavior. Where are those things coming from? What situations tend to get that reaction from you or whatever reaction it might be that you don't think is is beneficial? What's your stuff that's getting in the way there? And this is an area where we all can grow some, even those of us who have degrees in recognizing such things. It's really focusing in on what what is it that gets you ruffled and shared an article a few weeks ago that was talking well actually it was before Christmas because it was talking about how to have different interactions with those people who always get on your nerves so if this person always gets on your nerves every time you talk to them chances are it's because they push the same button every time without even realizing it and that you are anticipating them pushing that button. And so it's even that much more likely that they will because you have that self-fulfilling prophecy already set up. So if you continue to get into the same type of argument with the same person every time, try going into that conversation as if they were someone else was one of the pieces of advice that this article gave. Think of them as someone else when you walk in. Might also work to be aware that that's the button they push and simply shut that button down. When it starts to come back up, recognize it, shut it down. Might have to do that many times during your conversation with that person. But walking in, realizing that that's what gets you frustrated with them, thinking about it in a different way, and or approaching it in a different way can be helpful. That 
kind of gets into this other part of our emotional intelligence. Being able to see where others are coming from. Why do they react in the way they do? And when you can see that, a lot of times you can diffuse situations simply because you know that. Now, some of us have challenges because we can see that someone is going to feel a certain way or why they're going to feel a certain way and we just can't help ourselves. We have to poke at it. And usually we get some kind of gratification from poking at it. And so we have to think about that. If that gratification is really long-term what we want and how we might do something different in the future to perhaps get a different response, even though it may not be as quick satisfying, that may have long-term benefits. So, for instance, very simple. I don't have children, but I do see my sisters deal with this. You know that your child is going to react a certain way when you take something from them, for instance. And you decide to take it anyways. You get that reaction, it's no surprise to anyone. You do get some kind of gratification from that usually, whether or not it's very helpful. And thinking about a different way to handle that situation, of course, not necessarily letting the child have whatever they want, but how might you handle that situation differently to see if you get a different response that may be more beneficial long-term for both of you? Just a thought. That one's hard for most of us because it's hard to see the payoff. We think, oh, this is just the only way to handle them, or this is the best way to handle them, when really there's other things that could be done, other ways that could be shared, other conversations that could be had, if you will. And yet, there is some payoff for us for handling the situation a certain way. So that can be a great little self-evaluation for you. Emotional Intelligence 2.0 is a book that kind of goes through very similar categories and helps you come up with what's your strengths, where are your areas that you need to think about or work on. Are you good at being aware of, of yourself, good at monitoring yourself, good at being aware of where others are coming from, good at adjusting to others with your conversational and approach style. And those things really are important for leaders. Again, you'll hear CEOs typically have horrible emotional intelligence, and that may be true for some people. However, most great leaders are going to have an awareness of their emotional intelligence. Unless you have some other great quality that's compensating for those things, those will probably an emotional intelligence will probably be necessary for you to really interact well with others, build strong relationships, all of which that are going to lead to your ability to influence and lead others. Now you may think, well, you know, why does this matter? And I would say a few things. One, even if you're not a leader, these things all make great team members. 
great team members, great relationships, equal promotions. People typically don't get promoted unless somebody likes them. I know there's, again, those stories of people that get promoted because nobody likes them, they want to get rid of them. Probably not something for us to aim for, right? Let's aim for being the person that is successful, is liked, and gets promoted for that. If you are a leader, you know that the landscape right now is competitive. Not just for you, but for your ability to attract great talent. What's the number one reason people leave a job? Their immediate supervisor and a lack of relationship with them. So if you have great talent and you want to keep them, these characteristics are going to be important to do that. Otherwise, you might find them walking out the door and you suddenly having great holes on your team because of these qualities. They really do matter. Really does make a difference. Probably today, more than ever before, because of the competitive landscape. Even if you're a technical leader or someone who that has never been that important for, the world is a-changing. So we'll come right back here in just a few minutes and close up our discussion around being a great leader. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about great leadership. How do you get those around you to do things that you want them to do? How do you influence others? How do you make a difference? How do you make change? Don't have to have a title to do any of these things. I think that's one of our falsities in leadership that no one ever really talks about is that you practice your leadership skills wherever you are no matter what your position is, even if you're the lowest man on the totem pole. It's really about that ability to communicate and build relationships with others to have an influence. And of course, one of the most maybe trouble, troubling or hardest to, to achieve skills is being able to lead up, being able to get those above you to do things that you want them to do, to move in a direction you want them to move, to give you feedback in the way that you want it, whatever it might be that you're needing to make your job more successful. And even when we're unemployed, of course, these leadership skills come in. They come into our job search every day. And in fact, that may be the time we forget them and get ourselves in trouble by not acting the way that we want to, not demonstrating that leadership, even while we're in our job search. You know, people talk about different leadership styles and uh, what, you know, what kind of leader are you? And I think one of the most important things to realize is that your leadership style is really unique to you. It should be. You experimenting with what works for you and becoming a leader that is really effective has to be unique. If you try to read the books and mimic someone else, it just won't work. People won't respond to that. They'll be able to tell. They'll be able to see right through you. And most of the time you won't be successful because you're not doing things in a way that works for you. Right? It's great to think that you want to be a motivational and inspirational speaker. But if that's not you, it'll probably come off fairly hollow and you'll have a hard time engaging the audience. Just kind of how I see some people they've heard that humor is a great way to do something and so they try to use humor and guess what if you're not funny it doesn't work you're just not funny and that's okay you just don't need to try so hard so figure out what works for you go with your natural instincts and then develop these skills in a way that is congruent to those natural instincts You are going to have to flex at times to be a good communicator, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it in someone else's way. It's simply flexing and understanding what other people need 
and genuinely caring about them enough to make that transition, to make that change in how you're doing it. And sometimes it's not necessarily caring enough, but slowing down enough to do something in a way that will engage that other person in the conversation, in the project, in the work, whatever that might be. And I think that's the final thing I would say about great leaders. And we know that there's been presidents who were more or more or less influential. And it's hard for us being so far removed from them to really know. Is a leader can lead things in a direction, but honestly, most of our presidents don't get the opportunity to do much, really, with the way the system is set up, which is the beauty of the system in the United States, right? At Congress and Senate, everybody has to agree, which means that there's less ability to make change, if you will, although the great ones do because of their ability to build relationships and really because of their ability to make a vision and also balance that getting others involved with it, connecting it to the things that matter to other people. And that takes a lot of stepping outside of ourselves. And great leaders, yes, may have that that ego, Warren Buffett, whoever it is that you might put in your mind as a a great leader. What we may see externally is that ego, but my guess is they wouldn't be successful if they didn't also have the ability to show compassion, to really connect with the people that they work with, and most of all, to connect the dots between the people that they work with and, and the vision or the tasks that need to get done. And those connections, we can often fly by when we are wanting to be the leader or when we're wanting to get something done. And we can steamroll, right? We steamroll over the whole idea of connecting and giving people ownership And then sure, they might do what you say, they might be there, but they're not really bought in. And they aren't going to really do the things that are going to matter for you, for the business, for your job. And this is even true when you're in job search. Those people who are able to connect with others and really make real relationships They're the ones whose networks go to bat for them. They're the ones who have that inside connection. When we're fake and false and don't take the time, that's when those things start to crumble. So I'd encourage you to think about how you can make more genuine relationships with those on your team, with those that you lead, with those around you so that you can demonstrate and practice these leadership skills. And of course, look forward to your feedback, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And some of you have started tweeting to me at work with purpose, 
at Work With Purpose on Twitter and love that as well. So look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 